not that I'm scattered, but some of you that know me real well is that, yeah, he's scattered a lot. Uh, you know, we, there's no point in me talking about being ADD because we know I am, which means <laughs> I can be in a lot of places. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Will you take this so for granted, Lord? Through all the history, the beginning of the church, and the church starting to worship uh, not on Sabbath, but on the first day of the week, because you had rose, risen from the dead then. Our, a lot of our calendars still say the Lord's Day. You have given us all life. And we may not have the words for it, we may not be thinking it or feeling it, but we are desperate to know you. You are the air we breathe. We are a pile of dust with some water mixed in. <clears throat> we are, but... You love us, and you want children. Speak to us today, Lord. Right now, to each of us where we are, an individual message for each person here. Come, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So, I'm just going to tell you where I've been kind of. Um, Amber, you have a cousin, uh, a cousin's wife. Is that who Sarah is? Sarah Montana. If you want to go hear someone with a powerful story about forgiveness, then look up Sarah Montana on TED Talk. Is that how you'd find her? E easy to find. And then the other place is that she's on YouTube. And it's, yeah, it's a, a good, so <clears throat> I was working at home, on, trying to work on some place where I'm going to put a gutter, and I'm listening to Sarah tell her story, and <clears throat> you know the way YouTube does, I can't decide if YouTube's just really smart, or that YouTube is an artificial intelligence taking over the world, or it's just a product of the Google people, I'm not sure, but you know, there's just weirdness about it. So I'm on the ladder. I'm, it's it, my house. It happens to be a cloud. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. The cloud is so strong that uh, the sun's not would would have already driven me off the roof. I got to stay out and work a while. I get through with Sarah's, and I hear the phone starting to talk to me. You know, like it's been playing in my pocket. And I've got earphones on, and so I pull the phone out, and the next thing it decides to play. Now, now for some of you, this will go, huh? And others go, what are you talking about? It starts playing. The next thing to play, if I want to watch it, is the memorial service of John Wimber, November the 21st, 1997. I have never seen the memorial service of John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard, roughly. He's technically not the founder, Ken Gullickson was, but John was our pastor to the pastors. 
Uh, if you go to his grave site on the tombstone, it says equipper of saints. And that's who the John is that I knew. And so I start, there, you know how you, it's a real, it's like, if you want to go see it and look it up, it's like two hours and 40 minutes. But you, but you know, with YouTube, you can cut through and you go places. And I got to hear some Todd Hunter, different people that I've known, been around some down through the years. And then it undoes me because Carol Wimber, his wife, gets up and starts talking about John. And she said, I could talk about our relationship and you know, that uh, sometimes we could be real fasty with each other in public, you know. <laughs> and, and what was so much fun was knowing the building that they had. They no longer have the building, but the building will hold, I don't know, 3,000, 4,000 people. And the way the stage is set up, there's like three or four rows of areas that you can go up and kneel down if you want to or whatever. And, and Carol would sit over on this side uh, on a little row of chairs, and she knitted when John would preach. And so while she's up speaking, I can see something shiny in her hand. I thought, is that an ink pen? What is she waving around? She's got something in her hand as she's talking. It's her knitting needle. The knitting needle that she used, I, I just I lost it. And then I'd go back and play parts of it. And then they and then they showed uh, they broke in and they they showed John teaching a couple of different sections of him teaching, uh, of just who Wimber was, and the first one was from the 1984 conference on on uh, called Mission Course MC 510 Signs and Wonders that had been at Fuller Seminary that was the very first thing. Well, I saw him in Nashville the first time, but that was the very first thing I went to see him. California and Anaheim was this where they're showing some of this because it's the first big conference that the Vineyard Movement had ever had and so I was like all this reliving and then I look up and I, I thought 22 from 90 this is the 25th year he's been with the Lord 25 years and doesn't seem like that and wow and then he Eddie Espinoza who sings and writes some of the songs he got up and led a worship set at the end it was, it was like a box of chocolates sort of but bittersweet you know it was sweet and and sad at moments and wonderful at moments and ah uh, so i'm kind of um uh after hearing sarah tell about forgiveness and all of the i won't let you this, she has a powerful story. Um, let me tell you a second of hers, just to tease you with it. Um, I don't know if this is appropriate. Amber, would it be appropriate to mention about her son and daughter, or mother? Okay. She is funny and serious every other sentence. You laugh at one sentence and you cry at the next. I mean, it's that kind of, she is just a fabulous speaker. And she talks in a, a sort of the way Jamie, our son Jamie, in the same kind of vocabulary, the way Jamie talks, Sarah talks this way. Um, her brother was at home and a friend um, 
too, was looking to find some stuff to steal and sell to support his habit, uh, was surprised by her brother. He had a gun with him, the, the guy did, and he shot her brother and killed him. Then uh, Sarah's mother came home a little while later. She found her son. She started screaming uncontrollably. The guy was still in the house. He freaked out. He shot her. Sarah lost them both that day. And I'll just assume that you all know me because you don't. But I have a thing about not wanting to be religious. I want to be a Christian, but I don't want to be a religious Christian. I've been raised in the church, you know, and I, and, and I love the church, but it just gets off with me when people start doing things for show. And that was something that Wimber didn't do because he had had a band called the Righteous Brothers. He'd put the band together, and he, he knew showmanship. He knew how to, but he never did that. He, would, he was really bent on being truthful and honest. And, you know, when we worship, you just worship back when we cut when karen was leading him in to go and worship the only purpose of that is to bring god glory it does no background it's no setup for a message it's no setup to give it's no setup about anything it is it's a standalone time that we come before god we just like to do it in song but we could do it silently we could we could do it and i've had you know some of ours in the past they've we had one that was a really good dancer, and she could do interpretive dance. She had the kids dancing, and, and some mornings she would break out in here during worship and just interpret her worship and dance in the room. And it was, it was like you wanted to watch it, but you felt like you were violating something because it was between she and God. She was just, Jordan was just lost in God. And... Uh, Down through the years, we've had all kinds of... One girl is really fabulous with a violin. She played professionally, different things. We would be worshiping in the other building, and all of a sudden, you wouldn't notice it, and all of a sudden, this violin would just jump in in the back of the building, and she would just walk down the edge playing her violin in with, with the band. It's just... Uh, we. We've had all kinds of experiences of worship. I know it's just, it's for God. I mean, it's just, it wasn't like planned. It's just, it's, you can't make that happen. Um, I am lost wherever I was going with that. There was a little quote from... Uh, from Acts 4.19 when Peter and John are answering some people about what they're doing and they say, well, whether it's right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God, you be the judge. But for us, we can't stop speaking about what we have seen and heard. You know, that, that should be the church in all the denominations of all the different places in the world. You know, uh, just however we are as Christians. We should be, uh, I'm not getting on to us, I'm just saying the natural, the natural thing of knowing God, it, 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 it overflows out of you. Like if your worship is, say, football, that's okay. 
you know, or parachuting or whatever, you, you, talk, you, you eventually talk about what you really love, don't you? To somebody, somewhere, you, you end up, you find out after you've around somebody for a while what they really love, you know. And Christians that have a relationship with God, they can't help but talk about it. I'm not getting on to us. I'm just saying it, it, is a, it is the divine romance. It is, it is nothing like it, you know. quote all these scriptures that sometimes they they we quote them so much that they lose they lose their freshness they're sort of like they turn into a raisin because we just squeezed all the juice out of the grape you know we say something like well we love because he first loved us well that's true that's so true he started it i know i was a rebel I know it. I'm still rebellious. You know, anybody with an art background, we are it like we breathe. We are don't want to be like other people. We want to be unique. We just, you know, I don't know about the musicians, if y'all are rebels, but I, the visual art people, we are all, we're rebels. I don't know about the rest of the arts, you know, we could kind of find out. Now, I know, I know there's psychologists that are rebels I don't know different ones um, we can't stop speaking about what we've seen and what we've heard mm. Matthew 13 45 just one of the little the, the, the disciples have been asking Jesus about explain explain some, some of this to us so he he gets him along he starts a whole little discourse here in 13 of uh about the kingdom of god and the one i wanted to, to mention was uh, carol mentioned it triggered that yesterday in me um the pearl of great price the kingdom of heaven is like um this is verse 44 new american standard the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field which a man found and Hit, him, hit again, and from joy over it, he goes and he sells all that he has and he buys the field. So that's like, hey, kingdom of heaven is really important enough to, to really want to go after it. And then the next one, 45 is, and, and again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and he bought it. And it immediately made me think about Patsy and I looking for the main stone in her engagement ring. It's the very same procedure. The, this, this pearl merchant, this is what he does, or she. What they do is that they look at pearls all day long. They know when they have seen something unusual, a pearl that's really nicer than anything he's ever seen before and it's so it's so otherly that uh he goes off and he and uh sells everything he had get generate enough in enough money to buy this pearl so in in my history my first wife was sick for like 10 years with muscular dystrophy i ended up started uh uh trying to come up with ways of, of 
of uh, progression of her sickness and and I, I was becoming passive aggressive and stuff I, I I've got a friend that's a counselor uh, this charismatic Episcopal counselor a lot of us know him and uh, and I don't know how I even came up with the idea of picking up aluminum cans, but I started picking up aluminum cans. And uh, at the log house I had on the back of the shop, uh, I, had, I had a shop area that I could put cans that smelled like, you know, cans kind of smell when you find them. And I'd put them in bags, and I, I became this habit of picking up a whole bag every morning. I'd stop with one bag usually. Or, um, or if it was really plentiful, I might have a spare bag behind me because I could carry two bags down the road. I haven't. I even had people over in Horton's Bend that got so used to me. I'd pick different streets and mark it, look over my visor, knowing which ones I had checked. I knew the how fast. Can Nobody else was picking up cans for some reason back in that period of time. Like it's about 2002, somewhere in there when I started. I did it for like four years, I think. Pretty soon I got all these cans, I'm piling up cans, and Luna was bringing pretty good money. I, I put the money aside, I started, kept doing this, and so then when Patsy and I got engaged, I said, well, we need to, we need to get you an engagement ring. I said, what do you want? She said, well, I've always wanted a sapphire. I said, I know what that is, but I don't, I wouldn't have a clue. So we started, uh, she was in school in Philadelphia in, uh, in counseling, a Christian offshoot from a, a seminary up there. And I would fly up, and there was a bed and breakfast that I could stay down the road, and uh, I would I would go up there. And so we take the train. We, we learned to take the train to, uh, to Manhattan. So we went to Tiffany's because, hey, Tiffany's is famous. You know, they got those little turquoise bags, you know. And it was, it was kind of cool. It was a little unnerving because they had – they had two guards, not one guard, two guards at the door. They had a lot of stuff in there. And, you know, and the lady was, you know, super nice. If you work at Tiffany's, you know, they're going to be impeccably nice. I had a backpack and stuff. I'd left it with the guards, you know, walk over and said, uh, we'd like to look at your uh, sapphires. So she goes and gets out of the box, and it's, you know, like black velvet in the top. And she takes another piece of black velvet and lays it out on the countertop and keeps it. Close enough to her to be safe and far enough, but so we can kind of lean, you know, and then pours out these sapphires. And wow, they're gorgeous. I don't know what I'm looking at. I know nothing about this. Uh, I left Patsy to ask her questions because I didn't know what, what do I say? I've not looked up anything. There, I don't have, you know, it's a flip phone. I, you know, I can't look up all, <laughs> all these Although flip phones are very popular again. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth is nodding up there in the sound booth. She's cool, and she knows what's cool, like some of y'all, some of the guys, the flip phone talk. So we, uh, uh, we're back in, uh, take the train back, and we're in, in Philadelphia, and we go downtown Philadelphia, and we start looking around, and we try two or three jewelers, and you could tell, like, eh, yeah, uh, you don't want our store. And then we found this guy. And, like, he was really nice. And we said, she would, and then I would try to <coughs> open the conversation. I said, she would like a, a, a sapphire for her, an engagement ring. Excuse me. 
He says, I've got some. So he puts out his out. I said, and I, you know, you just, it just, I was more comfortable than at Tiffany's. Okay, now I know maybe you all are more comfortable there. But uh, it was just more comfortable. And I said to him, I said, well, I don't know what I'm looking at. And so then he started giving me a little lecture to the guy about sapphires. Well, you know, some are more purple, some are lighter blue, some are darker blue. You know, hers, hers is an, um, and they cut them in different shapes, and they have a, like an oblong. Hers is a lot, is that oblong, is that the correct, I don't know what you call it, oval? Okay, so hers is an oval stone. So, so we, uh, we start getting a little bit of education. Now, we go back, we, we, I think, go back to New York to a different place when we would go to New York, and we were still looking. This is not like an overnight thing. This is multiple, multiple looking. So then we get a call from him one day why I just happened to be in town and he says hey I got in a, another shipment okay well we're in Philadelphia uh, and she's she's almost through school and I've come up to help her move back to guest and drive her car and get her car back I've flown up so we'll come by so we go by and he lays them out and now we have evolved we can talk the talk I no longer remember what the talk the talk is, but we could talk it, you know? Yeah, okay, we, we're sorting with him, kind of like, okay, no, 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 down to these three. And we're, he's letting us use his jeweler, jeweler's you know, lens, and we're studying this. And then it's down to two, and then it's down to one. And he says, I like this one. And the guy that's had all the aluminum cans can afford this. Okay. Yep. I didn't tell him, but hey, this is aluminum can sapphire. Okay. Uh, so he says, "Well, I'll mount it." And she had picked out a ring with two with two little diamonds on either side of it. And she's overdone this week. If you're listening to this, you do need to be resting. Uh, <laughs> and so. Uh, He's got the ring there, and he says, well, I'll, I'll mount it, and I'll ship it to you. Okay. So we make the drive back down this way. Um, she's living at uh, her house. that She's converted her parents' house, and I still own Southside. And I'm doing something at her house because I'm filthy. And uh, the postman leaves a note. And, like, you have a package at the uh, Alabama City Post Office. So I said, oh, it's here. We know it's, we know this is it. I'm not looking for anything else. I said, I'm going to Southside. I'm going to go clean up. I'm going to put on some nicer clothes, okay? And I suggest, or maybe she suggested, she probably suggested, it sounds more like her. She probably said, she just needs an excuse for cheesecake. So she says, you know, we could go to Cheesecake Factory. Yes, we could. Yes, Cheesecake Factory, and we'll leave it in the box. We won't take it out until we get there. We'll, 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 we'll take it out. We'll take the ring out there. We'll have cheesecake. We'll open it. We'll put your ring on. And some of y'all know when I talk about these, how strange these number things are. I totally forgot about this, this one. So when we get to Alabama City, she gives him the slip. He brings out the sign for the box. 
the amount of money for him to ship it from Philadelphia was $7.17. There comes that 717 number. And so like, oh gosh, I think this is God's involved. Well, of course, he's always involved in everything, but you know, he, you know. So, so we don't take it out of the box. We drive to Birmingham. We have something to eat. We have cheesecake. We open up the box. It's gorgeous. It's the pearl of great price. It's the whole same story, is that you and I are learning about the kingdom of heaven. We don't know very much about it. In the room, we have different degrees of knowledge about it, but we're, we, sh we need to share the wealth and, and learn God's ways together. So I walked by Marie, and Marie, the little mouse that she is and never says anything, says this morning, why don't you teach about the speaking in tongues? And my excuse, Brooke, was, well, yeah, I mean, it's not, I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I'm damaged on speaking on money. That's the one I'm always avoiding. <laughs> you know, I need to do another one. I haven't done one in a while. Like, I'm, I'm, a, yeah, I'm healthier than I used to be. I just tell people, hey, Jesus says he loves a cheerful giver. Start low and work up to wherever you're still cheerful. You know, God, I mean, it's, it's worship. It's part of your worship with him, you know? So if that's 10 cents and you're comfortable with 10 cents, he's comfortable with 10 cents if you're cheerful. He's comfortable with a dollar. He's comfortable with whatever, you know, you, you know, you maybe a billionaire person. And won't, you know, be comfortable with giving. It's part of this divine romance stuff again. It's like if, if you were a, a couple and one of you was paying for the meal and it was more than you wanted to have paid for it, well, the other person would know that you were uncomfortable about the price. And then, and then if they're a normal person, they would get angry with you for, well, if, I knew, if you knew it was going to be in this range and you didn't want to pay that much, why didn't we go somewhere else? Because having a meal together is supposed to be an enjoyable, should be an enjoyable thing, right? Mm. Mm. One more. Ephesians 4. I haven't done Ephesians 4 forever. Ah, Carol centered in on her. Go listen to Carol. Just go listen to Carol and, and watch John a little bit if you want to know who the vineyard has been. Who I mean he he's he is he was the foremost spokesperson, but there were a lot of people behind it. And and Carol Wimber and you know, I, I Bob and Penny Fulton. Penny is Carol's sister and some of these people that I've known a long time and they're they're all alive somewhere, probably having church in somebody's backyard right now. And I haven't even checked on Anaheim Vineyard since things have transpired. You know, the part about uh, chapter 4, 
I'll start with 11, but it's going to be 12. So, you know, we talk about he gave some as apostles and some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. You know, this he uses people to help equip other people, just like Brooke and I being school teachers. We, we were good at talking to young people about stuff. Brooke's still doing it. But the next line is, for the equipping of saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. But, but, but she centered on just the front end of that, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service. For the equipping. That's on this tombstone, equipper of saints. I think that was one, one of the big things I identified with Wimber. From the, from the time in Nashville when he, you know, and I, and I said, well, you may not want it supper, you know, or, or ice cream somewhere after he'd spoken the first time I'd heard him in person. And I said, ah, you may not want me, but I want you. And he told Steve Collins, the guy who was helping him, he says, give this young man 100, 100 cassettes. And Richard Moon tells me that he'd never, Steve had told him he'd never noticed him do that with anybody. Exactly. He had other ways of doing things. But with, for me, I guess God knew that I liked to listen to cassettes and do stuff. Because I did. Yeah. And, and, and what is that? That's that equipping that he, he's talking about. Is that, that we have this part of being Christians, of equipping everybody. I want Benjamin to know more than I know. You got plenty of time, Benjamin, to catch up and pass me. In like a few weeks, you can catch up and pass me. You know, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of knowledge of knowing God in this room right now. A lot of stories. A lot of interaction with Him. And speaking in tongues is easy. It's the easiest of the spiritual gifts. They're all from the Holy Spirit. The whole array of stuff that you see. It's easier than prophecy. And uh, you'd be like me in the back in the church that I was raised in. It, it was usually, I don't know how it is now, but back in those days, they uh, we kind of made fun of it and would just say, "Well, you need to go to Pentecostal church." something and I've told you that story right I, I worked at it trying driving to school in the morning until fi eventually if I played the car radio I, I heard five syllables and I would say these same five syllables over and over in my head until I got tired of saying the five syllables because I didn't seem to get any more syllables and then one night uh, you, you want to hear the story again so so one night, Nori Kelly and I are in the studio uh, at Southside, and we're doing deliverance. We've got a person who has got another personality. Now, is that personality a multi-personality? Uh, do they have mental issues, or is it a, a, a demon? You know, somebody that's not working for our side now. Right? <laughs> and, and so... Nori and I have been trying to find out why this guy would, this other personality would come up, would start talking to us. Usually they do different things. His particular one would, would growl and like, you know, I don't, I don't 
I try not to center on this very much because it, it attracts them. They like being talked about. We could start talking, telling deliverance stories, and before we got through in 30 minutes, you'd go, wow, the air kind of feels sort of not nice. Like They're like bugs to a light in the desert. You know, they just, <laughs> anyway. So <laughs> we're getting frustrated. I mean, I'm going to teach school the next day. I can't figure out what this is. Nori says, uh, I'm going to take a ba- uh, restroom break for just a second. Okay. So Nori goes downstairs, and um, all of a sudden it's like, tongues. Yeah. I got, you know, a few syllables in tongues. Well, it won't tell me his name. I'm just going to speak in tongues at it. So I do. I start speaking to the guy in, in tongues at it. Uh, by then I maybe got 15 or 20 syllables. I, I don't know. The guy puts his hands over his ears. And, of course, the other personality's up. It's not him. And he says, I know you don't know what you're saying, but I hate what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Nori comes back upstairs. And uh, I, I, get, I don't remember. I have to call it Nori and ask him. He, he kept meticulous notes. I don't know if we found out the name of it, got rid of it, but, but the night ended, right? And, and uh, we walked the guy downstairs. They get in their car. They leave. Nori and I left. We left our Bibles and stuff upstairs. We've gone upstairs, and Nori, and Nori says, well, how, how does it feel to find out, to validate your tongues that it was a demon that let you know that yours were real? <laughs> Thank you, Nori. That was, yeah, that was real touching. But it was true. But from then on, it was easy. Whatever my block was, from my heritage or my own personal block or whatever it was, it was gone. From then on, it was turn it on, turn it off when I needed to call on need spiritual language. And it does make a difference when you're praying for people or, or when you need to hear something. You know, you can't hear spiritually right that minute. There's too much traffic in your head. You don't have to say it out loud. You can just do it in your head. Or, or, or take a restroom break and go and speak in tongues. Just you're talking in some sort of spiritual language that God, under your the spirit man knows what it is. Um, how is that, Marie? For Creaky, is that enough right there? So, so seeing that I had had it rough, then I'll pray for you if you want to. <laughs> you said, well, I would like to. Uh, I'll help pray with you. I can't guarantee anything, but I'll ask God for you. Equipping. Pray. Uh, my prayer request that I'm ask I've asked for you is. When you think of me with God, would you ask the Lord to to <laughs> get me back in kind of the in the center of the road where the strife is about equipping? You know, I, I know that's my job is to pass on what uh, I've learned. Now you can take that then and put it in your generation and do it your ways, you know, and uh, where Wimber said, take the best and go. That's, that's a good statement for all of us. Um, 
with your permission, I'm going to pray for you for a minute. Okay? Do I have any that don't want me to do it? See, this would put you on the spot. I could say, close your eyes and, and raise your hand and tell me not that. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's, you're kind of a trapped audience right this second, but I don't mean to do that. But I'm just going to pray for a minute. Hmm. Holy Spirit, you are with us all the time. I ask you to come for everyone in here, including me, all of us. I ask you to come at a heightened level this morning to empower us, to equip us to do the works of the kingdom that you give each of us to do at appointed hours and appointed times. Some of it's a lifelong standing thing from now until they meet you. And for some of us, it's for today. It's for the next hours, the next 30 minutes. It's the person at the jacks sitting in the grass out there. It's someone walking by. It's some, somebody that you stand in line with at Walmart someplace. <clears throat> Lord, I'd like to apologize on my end for not um, not always having the speaker turned on, sort of, or have the awareness that at any moment you might have kingdom business that you want me to do because I'm your child, and I'm, I work for you in that sense. I work for the family business, just like this is a ranch and, and the fence is broken. It's the family business, Lord. It's, our, it's the business of the kingdom. We, we, I ask you that you, fresh anointing, fresh oil, fresh freshness, Lord, come upon each of us. Whatever blocks us in our minds that tells us that, no, it's for somebody else, or no, somebody else will be better at it. And I, I say in humility that we're all like looking for a, a pearl of great price, and we don't even know how to find the right pearls. And we're looking for the sapphire. We don't even know, except that they're like this blue sapphires and it's oval shape. We don't know stuff, but we say in humility, we want to know your ways. We, we agree with Moses. We're, Moses says, teach me your ways. I want to see you. So he does. You put him in the cleft of the rock and you pass by him and declare all your goodness. And Moses was just a man. He was your man. You, he was just a man until he turned aside to see the burning bush. And you told him he's going to work for you. We are your children. We have been called by you. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you increase your giftedness. And I'm not putting down tongues, but from, from the easiest spiritual gift of the Holy Spirit to the more complicatedness, say, of prophecy, everything in between, healing, words, just every, everything we see in Scripture that the Holy Spirit comes and does. Yes, Holy Spirit, it's just you, the person. We honor you as the third person of the Godhead. We know that you like to stay sort of in the shadows, that, that you love to call attention to our Father and to Jesus our Lord, and, and we know this, and, and Lord Jesus, we just want to serve you with all of our 
all the, all the breath we have in us. We know we don't have to. We know that we're your kids, that you're not going to change your opinion ever about us. Whether we obey a time when you've given us something to do or we don't obey, you're going to love us just the same. It's always just the same. You've gone after us. Anoint us, Lord. Exactly where we all are right now. Exactly in the place in life, in the situations right now that we need to hear from you. Anoint us right now. Anoint us. Those that have dreams, anoint that dream. Something that they're, that they're about doing, they've leaned into. They're not sure what's next. Anoint that. Anoint the next. Anoint the next among us. Whatever the next is. And if we're damaged from life, just damaged, we have anxiety, we have different, we have different things because we're just damaged. You know, would, would, you, would, you, would you fix us? If we need a physical healing, would you come in physical healing, Lord Jesus, would you come and heal? You can come now. You can come tomorrow. You can come tonight. You can come. And Lord, in humility, if we've got a back room in us somewhere that something demonic has taken up and moved in some furniture, you alone know how to get rid of that. You, you know, it, it's not a movie. It's not the exorcist. People don't turn their heads around. You know, on your timetable, bring freedom. Get rid of the darkness. Fill the place with your furniture, with your light, with your presence. Increase our capacity to hold your presence. Just like putting in bigger, like a, a town that's going to have more electricity and they put in bigger lines and they put in bigger substations so they can electrify more stuff. More, more, more of your presence. Not so we'll look good. Not, not so that we'll have something to talk about. Because when the moment comes and we need you to come, then we want to be equipped for the moment. And in humility can just go, silver or gold we don't have, but what we have we give you in the name of Jesus walk. That simple. No big build-up. No big religious thing. We don't have to play worship music in the background. We don't have to do anything. We just show up. Thank you for today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, who sits at your right hand, Lord. In the name of Jesus, our older brother, our king, our Messiah, our Savior. Our bridegroom coming. In his name, we pray. Amen.